and welcome back to another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Uh, today we have Anthony Trotta, the special teams coordinator and tight end coach at John Carroll University just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, coach, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Coach Bancher. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to talking some football. Oh, I appreciate you, Coach. Um, coach has done a video before us on um, pump block return before. Um, back, God, what was that, April, May, somewhere in there? Yeah, seems like forever ago. Oh, oh in, in COVID time, it is forever, Coach. It's just, we got t- talking before you came on, just the kind of monotony of sitting by ourselves in either my classroom or an office with, like, there's nobody on campus. There's, I mean, we're digital through January 1st. Like, it's just, it's not fun. Like, I, social interaction is needed. Yeah, I mean, the the best part about coaching is being around your players and being being able to interact with them. I, you know, I firmly believe that your players are what it's all about. So not being able to uh, have them around and, and be with them on a daily basis has been tough. You know, I know a lot of us who got in the coaching profession didn't sign up to sit in an office from nine to five and, you know, just be able to watch tape. We want to, you know, be out there coaching and interacting with our guys. So it's definitely been an interesting off season, but, you know, looking forward to the future and very fortunate that at John Carroll, we have a great group of kids that have been keeping themselves busy throughout this and, you know, constantly asking uh, for more, um, throughout this whole time. So, you know, looking forward to the spring and, you know, hopefully getting to play some football. Oh yeah. And as I said before, we also, before we came out, I was like, I'm looking forward, like I'm actually really looking forward to some of the spring ball in the spring here in Ohio. Cause like, uh, like I said, I get, I, I want to be able to either at least go see one of your games in person, God willing. Um, or at least stop by a practice or something. Cause I know you got your first game. I think it was, you said like March 12th or something like that. Like, so that'll, that'll be exciting. Um, the only difference is I'll have to bundle up because, you know, Cleveland in March is, well, not the warmest place in the country. Um, so, so. That's, that's, that's for sure. And, oh, you know, I, I'd be willing to trade off uh, an extra layer of clothes just to be out there and, you know, coaching some f- football. And I think once that, you know, once that ball hits the ground and, you know, it starts going, the, the adrenaline and juice, it'll be, a, it'll, it'll be nice and warm. It'll be a warm event, but definitely looking forward to those Friday nights in the spring, uh, you know, kicking off that spring season, March 12th. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. That my, my DC said something on one of our other podcasts about that. He's like, he's like I'd wear a hazmat suit if I had to. Like, sometimes, you, hey, if you got to wear a couple extra layers, you got to wear a couple extra layers. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, could, it could always be worse. It, it could be always worse. Um, so before we get started, for people who don't know who you are, do you want to kind of give me a background on how you ended up at John Carroll? Yeah, absolutely. So this is my uh, going on my ninth month at John Carroll, uh, back at the end of February, beginning of March, um, you know, was, was hired there as the special teams coordinator and the tight ends. Um, my background in special teams came a lot from my role in college. I was a, you know, primary special teams player, um, you know, subbed in defensively, but my role was special teams. And that's where my love for special teams really developed is, you know, understanding the game through, a different lens I, you know, I haven't in high school, I played small high school football, played offense, defense, special teams, but I never really truly understood it until the college level. And that was my primary, primary role. So uh, really looking forward um, to kind of expanding that. And then obviously getting into the coaching career, um, 
I was a high school defensive coordinator uh, and I oversaw the special teams for our, for our district. So it was, uh, you know, my role was supposed to originally be just special teams coordinator. And before the season, I was promoted to defensive coordinator. Uh, it was uh, definitely something that uh, I really enjoyed doing. And I never really wanted to give up that grasp of having a touch on special teams, just because I think it's such an important part of the game. So to be able to come to John Carroll um, with all the history and tradition here and uh, be the special teams coordinator was kind of a no brainer. Uh, the tight end stuff, that's switching mentalities for me. I'm a defensive <laughs> guy. Like I said, coach defense, every position on defense, but a defensive coordinator at the high school level, uh, coach the defensive line at, at, a, at a previous institution. And, you know, so switching over to tight ends has definitely been interesting, but again, it's helping me develop and see the game through a different lens. But I love special teams because I'm not just interacting with one position group, with one room. I'm interacting with everybody on the football team. And, and, and for me, like I said, I think the players are the most important of every football team. So being able to have that interaction and getting to know every single one of those guys and uh, having the opportunity to really influence the game and, and the special teams mentality is uh something I'm really excited about here at John Carroll. And like I said, hopefully we get to uh, roll our special teams unit out there in, in the spring. Well, I agree hundred percent coach. And that's, that's a conversation I've had with several people. It is part of the reason why a, a strange special teams coaches, cause that's, I mean, we're, we're kind of the black sheep of the coaching staff. Like everybody else has their RPOs and their cover fours. And but we're over here watching kick videos and, um, but all of us kind of agree on the same thing. Part of the reason why we love being special teams coordinators is we have to work with the entire roster. We're not limited to a small position group. We're not limited to just half the roster. I mean, we get everybody. Because everybody, I mean, theoretically, everybody could probably play about everything. Or, or we'll be on at least one unit, like Lyman, or we'll be probably on field goal PAT. Your skill kids are going to be virtually every single one, other one of them. So it's kind of a, it's a very interesting position to have on a staff, the ability to work with every everybody whereas not everybody gets that opportunity yeah absolutely uh you know you made me laugh when you talked about special teams guys kind of go do their own thing you know i one thing i heard is nobody knows who the special teams coordinator is until a kick gets blocked or you give up a fake and, and i always chuckle at that statement and it's, it's the truth if you're yeah. you know uh, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, nobody should really know who you are as a special teams coordinator. You're just going out and doing your job. Um, so that's, that's, that's it. Made me chuckle when you said we we go do our own things as as uh, special teams guys. But it's uh, really having the ability to work with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I, I, my philosophy is starters play special teams. It doesn't matter who you are on the roster. You have the opportunity to get out there on special teams because we can win and lose football games in that facet. So uh, we want to get those guys out there and have them playing on special teams and being able to influence the game on special teams. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a fun, I would say ability to be able to work with everybody. You know, sometimes you're fighting and, and arguing with, with, with the offensive and defensive coordinator and the head coach on how many reps a guy can get on special teams, but it's, uh, it's always good to be able to, you know, have a head coach that supports special teams like coach Minotti at John Carroll and uh, really, really believes in that starters play on special teams mentality. So, you know, you have the pick of the litter from the roster. That's fantastic coach. And so let's kind of move into pump locker term. What is your philosophy with that phase of balls? Cause some people are very block oriented. Um, Cause I remember seeing Cincinnati special teams coordinator in the spring at our state clinic. He talked about that. 
Others are trying to set up a return and variety. Some people have five different layers to it where they can they try to be the Swiss Army knife of pump block. It kind of just depends on the person. So what's your philosophy with pump block return? So I think to answer that question, I have to really first take a step back and tell you my philosophy on special teams in general is the simpler, the better in the sense of I don't want to be very complex with what we're doing schematically to where our guys get slowed down. I want to be very simple schematically and add tweaks here, but I want to be really complex and really fundamental. That's that's where we're going to hammer it home is in those fundamentals. I, I want to be really, really technically sound on special teams because if we're technically sound, that's when we can start developing those more complex systems. But until we are, we can't be anything anything more than what we want to be. So uh, you have to take it, you know, that step first. And with that mindset is we're our block, our pump block is called pump block return, right? So our blocks, our block scheme is going to set up a return for us. So even if we want to return the football here, we're still going to call one of our layered blocks. So the mentality is everybody on the unit is a block. And so everybody uh, up front on that first line is, is part of the block until they're not until the until the call tells them they're not part of the block unit so um you know looking at it from that standpoint is having that mentality you have to teach the mentality of the unit first in my opinion where those guys understand what you're trying to do they understand the why of the unit and then like i said we're developing those skills those basic fundamentals and really developing them because we want to be efficient with our time you know especially in this phase where we can change the momentum of a football game by blocking a kick. So obviously, why would we want to be passive? We, we want to be an aggressive mentality. We want to have the mentality that we're going to block this until you're not part of the block call. Okay. No, that, that makes sense, Coach. And um, So how do you go and start teaching that? in your room or like I don't again obviously I'm not asking for your entire playbook by any means but how do you go through the process of teaching your kids your system in the classroom and on the field what does that progression look like for me that progression is we have a big three for every phase and you you know you might remember this from the last time we talked but I think that's the biggest thing with, you know, I take that from my background of being a high school learning support teachers, having those three big ideas for the day and kind of accomplishing them. So that I take that and I develop that with my special teams of, okay, well, what are the big three, the most important three things for this unit? So we have um, in the big three, you're going to have attack, you're going to have engage, and you're going to have finish. So everything we do is going to be part of one of those phases on pump block return so you start with attack okay well we're going to install the attack phase how do we approach it in the attack phase well it starts with stance okay we're in a two-point stance with our foot closest to the football back this is what we should look like and you start there the building blocks of everything start with that but it all falls under that umbrella of attack right so you're teaching that pillar then you're moving on to the engage okay well these are the techniques I really need to be successful at in the engage, whether it's engaged, you know, dip and rip and block the kick, or it's uh, engaged where I'm running down the field and I'm, you know, hip and rattle. I'm, in t- you know, I'm being a pester to that guy as I'm running down the field. What does the techniques look like in that specific phase? 
and then the finish phase. How do I finish? Do I, how do I finish if I'm blocking the guy at the return or if I'm blocking the kick? So I think if you t break it down into those three main phases, um, I, I think that's really crucial because then you get to start talking about st talking to the guys. Okay. Hey, we weren't successful on this rep because of our engage phase. And then, okay, now I take that and I say, okay, we, we lost that rep based on engage. Well, now you go back into practice and what are you drilling at practice? Well, you're drilling that phase of the unit. So that, that for me is my base philosophy on how we want to, how we want to set it up day one, what we want to teach. So we're going to teach those three base phases and then get into, you know, the nuts and bolts of what we're doing in each phase from there. Now, I, I kind of want to go back to something you said there is, is you brought up the two point stance there and, yeah. and you do a two point stance, whereas I think, I think probably majority of colleges or actually probably colleges and high schools do that three point. And it's not even really a three point, it's like a three point track stance almost. Yeah. Um, why that instead? Because I because after your video, I, we switched to the two point this year um, yes. for, our, for our season. I had an argument with one of our older coaches about it and so why the two-point over the three-point, Coach? For me, look at the guys on the punt return. You have linebackers. You have defensive backs. You have, uh, you know, wide receivers, potentially. You have guys that don't get in a three-point stance any other time on the football field. Any other time throughout the game, they're not in a three-point stance. So why am I going to tell them just because – you know, it's been done like that forever. Get down in the three-point sprinter stance, and that, that's how you're going to be the fastest. No, I'm going to let these guys play how they play. I want them to be comfortable. And I, I believe if they're comfortable and they get lined up and they know their assignment and I'm going to teach them, you know, how to be really successful fundamentally with their techniques, then we're going to be really successful on the unit. But it all, it all goes down to the – it all boils down to who are the guys on the field. If there are a bunch of DBs and linebackers who never play in a three-point stance, I'm not going to ask them to play in a three-point stance for that one snap. I just don't, I don't believe in that. I think that's counterproductive to what you want to do. You spend more time talking to this kid about his stance and how crappy it is than coaching up something on the unit, right? Yeah. It, it, it's the truth. It's like you're going to waste more time that you don't have coaching up on how to get in a proper three-point stance than coaching the technique that he can use to block the kick or to help spring a return. I don't, I don't believe in that. I want to, I want our guys to be fast. I want them to be flexible. I want them to be comfortable. I want us to be able to go out and, you know, if you're, if you're, if you run a four, seven, I want you to go out and play at a four, seven speed. I don't want you to have to worry about getting in a three point stance and, Oh, I'm not in the right stance. And now you're at four, seven running a five Oh, well, what does that really do for me out there? It doesn't really do anything for me. So I want you to be out there and I want those guys to be in a com comfortable position that they play in the entire game that they're used to their entire life. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I mean, that's kind of why I don't like old pro style pun either. Like, it's not that that kind of drop back motion for seven kids, seven eight kids at once is not a natural, fluid motion that you're going to do, naturally. Especially those kids, because a lot of times you have like those hybrid, running back tight end type kids who aren't going to do standard old pass pro. Especially, Absolutely. And high school teams don't do pass. Most of us don't do true pass pro anyways. Like we're all. I mean, hell, high school slide protection ninety percent of the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, again, that, that's a whole other rant I could go on later. Um, but kind of going from there, 
in terms of the punt block aspect? Because I, I thought about something while you were um, – I really need to stop hitting my mic. Uh, <laughs> um, while you were talking is how do you te- – like obviously we talk launch point, kick points um, as special teams coordinators on where to aim because you're not running at the punter. You're going to aim where the punter kicks from. Um, but how do you teach the hand part of the block? Because I've, because over the past, like, I don't know, was it seven months I've been doing these podcasts and clinics? I've seen a couple different variations on how people want to do it in terms of cross your hands, one hand, aiming points. So what is your kind of teaching point for the actual portion of the block? So, um, I think the biggest thing is where your alignment is. Okay. Um, if you are aligned, if it's a right footed kicker and you're aligned on the defensive left, where are you finishing? All right, you're you're finishing across the block, right? You don't want those guys to end up running into each other. You don't want them. They have to know where they align and where they're allowed to finish. So as a coach, you have to determine based on the scheme where this guy's aligned, where he's allowed to finish. And that's all in your prep throughout the week. And that's when you teach, in my opinion, when you teach the the block point or the block spot for this kick you tell them okay well if you're here here and here you finish on this side of the punter if you're here here and here you finish on this side of the punter and then when it comes to teaching the block it's you know my my biggest thing is it's got to come out from your belly button your hands have to shoot from your belly button I think that's the biggest thing is we want to try to keep those hands down too many times you're you're barely missing kicks because your hands are above your head I want if you give them that aiming point of coming from your belly button, they may be a little bit higher, but they may not be, they're not coming from the chin. You know what I mean? It's like that mentality of, okay, well, I'm going to tell you this because I know you're going to take a little bit more than I tell you. So I'm going to coach you up and I'm really going to be on you about, Hey, they come from your belly button because I know if they come from your belly button, we're going to have a shot to block this thing rather than them coming from above your shoulders. You said a lot, a lot like my DC there when he was an O line coach. He tell he would tell them zero degree steps, and he knew that no one's going, no teenagers going to step at zero degrees, but they'll they'll at least try to, so they'll step at ten or twenty instead of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I get your it's, point there. It's all about all about knowing your guys, and I think, like I said, if you the general point that I've always used is coming from your belly button, and just giving the guys like that something simple to remember it with. But you know, I think the biggest thing is looking at what your opponent does as far as their scheme and determining who finishes on what side of the kicker is huge. And that's how you avoid penalties. In my opinion is determining which guys part of the block can finish on which side of the kicker. Are you running by on one side or, and are you crossing his face on the other side? Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said, it's, it's, it's a good little teaching points that again, as we dive into this, like it's like what fits you and your program the best, and that so that kind of moves me into my next question is not everybody has a lot of times or are given a lot of time by their head coaches for drills or for the special teams portion. You know as I do, some programs just don't put a biggest emphasis on it for a variety of reasons, and some do a really good job at putting an emphasis on it. So if you had to pick like one or two drills to work for work for punt block return, okay, outside of the whole team aspect. Or, I mean, and you showed some of them off during your clinic presentation for me, which will be also linked in the bio. People will watch the full version of that so they can kind of see it. But out of those drills, like what one or two would you pick to use? Oh, man, you're giving me, you're giving me a tough one. But <laughs> just coming, coming up with one or two. I lo- 
you know, it's finding different ways to drill stuff is, is part of the fun of special teams is different ways to, uh, to drill different things and, and get the different skills accomplished. But, um, the first one would obviously have to be the attack phase, because if you don't win the attack phase, you're either going to be, you're, you're never going to get there to block it. Number one. And number two, it's going to, you're never going to be successful trying to block. If you're losing at the line of scrimmage for those guys that are part of the return side of it, you're never going to, you're never going to be able to spring a guy unless you have a dude at returner because you're losing at the line of scrimmage, right? It, this, this unit is one and lost at the line of scrimmage, whether you're blocking the kick or whether you're returning the kick, right? So we need to drill. That would be the first and foremost. And then the, probably if I had to pick a second one, it would be, um, it would be the in, in the engage phase. I just like thinking back to my, total philosophy it has to be those first two if i'm only getting two it's got to be yeah. we want to win in that attack and we want to win in the engage if we can win an attack and win and engage then somebody has the ability on the unit to make a special play somebody has the ability to reach an arm out and block this thing if we're really good at those first two or somebody has the ability uh to to give the returner just enough of a lane to scoot through and and make a play for us and get some field position. So if, if, if I was limited to two, I'm going to go with, uh, one of my, uh, one of our drills that we do come in, uh, just a get off drill where we're getting off and we're attacking, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're fitting up on a guy and we're working that attack phase, um, taking all the ground that, that belongs to you really on, on that first phase and really getting into some people and, and having that aggressive mentality. Uh, and then, like I said, the engage phase, um, you know, one of the drills where we're working either, uh, you know, the hip and rattle phase where you, you, if he's even you're, you know, your long arm and you're sitting and fitting and, and, and all that stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, that's a tough question. It's a tough question, but you hit the nail on the head. Special yeah. teams is usually that unit that, you know, you lose uh, most often, you know, offense and defense has to take priority, which is, is expected. Um, so I think it's always a battle to, as a special teams coordinator, to advocate for the time that you need to be successful with that unit. Um, but like I said, it's, uh, you know, very fortunate here. Coach Fanati is a special teams guy. He really believes in, you know, having the time and being successful on, on, on the team's unit. So we, uh, we're, we're very fortunate that I don't have to, I don't have to fight for a lot of time. Usually he's, he's given us, given us all the time we need for special teams. So it's a really, really good opportunity. Oh, no, I, I did that coach and um, kind of going back to your attack phase drill real quick. When you run that drill, um, do you ideally want to have an actual long snapper there to simulate a snap so your long snappers can get more reps? Are you using like stick ball, coach just moving a ball? What is your preference there for that drill? It, as much as possible, I'm having the long snappers okay. out there snapping. That's their craft. I If they're not on another unit or they're not doing something else during that period, you know, depending on what you have availability for that guy, He's out there snapping. Yeah. You're stealing reps of him snapping and the punter doing drops. The punter's back there too. He's working. He's giving us that block spot because he's working his footwork and just dropping the ball and working on his drops and not kicking it. We're not wasting his leg, but he's over and over and over and over and over again, getting that mental, that mental rep essentially of what we want him to do. 
uh, you know, for that unit. So it's always something that um, you're stealing reps with those two guys. Anytime you're doing pump block return, anytime you're doing the drill work, same thing. The returners are back there. If they're not on pump, if they're, you know, they're, they're back there and it's, it's a live rep with them. How else are they going to be able to see it when, you know, you have a guy working his finish. Well, that returner needs to be there catching the football one to give us good aiming points and two for him to be able to play off blocks and see how these guys in front of him are reacting. That that's the only way I think you're going to be successful is getting as many reps. And that's how you steal. In my opinion, that's how I'm stealing time is I'm having the snappers always snap. I'm having the punters work on some sort of, of what they're doing without them kicking the football. And I'm having the returners out there eat on every unit, even when we're working punt, the returners are out there catching the ball and they're giving our gunners good aiming points. They're, they're doing the things that they have to do. And if, you know, they're just working on catching the football, you know, a judge machine is great. Well, a lot of people don't have them. You know, a coach out there throwing the ball up in the air is great, but it doesn't simulate a real kick. What's the best way to simulate a kick is having them out there catching the ball off somebody's foot. It's the, the best opportunity for you to, really see and get the reps in my opinion. And that's how I, I like to steal it's your, I think you're stealing reps essentially of that, of getting that guy live, it should be live reps. Okay. No, no, that's great coach. Um, is there any, co- I mean, as we've got, we've hit some several coaching points through this. Is there any kind of major coaching points we missed as we started talking about the pump block return phase? Um, I know we didn't really didn't hit too much on the returners or anything there you want to hit on or any other points that we missed. I, I mean, it, at, we this this could go on for three hours if we really cool. starting to get into the in in the finer coaching points. I'm trying to stay really general, but I think the biggest thing is in that attack phase is teaching the mentality of taking all the ground that belong the ground it belongs to you as the return unit. You, uh, you know, we preach every day that the ground belongs to you. You win in the attack phase by taking all the ground that belongs to you. They don't know whether you're, uh, you know, a return guy or a block guy or a holdup guy or whatever technique we want to use. The opposing team doesn't know in your first three steps. You take, you win in those first three steps. You win if you're going to block it in those first three steps. You win on the return phase in those first three steps. So, um, you know, the the crucial point for coaching point for me in that attack is you're taking all the ground that belongs to you. Right in the engage phase is knowing where you are in relation to the guy that you're going to block. You you you're working on all the drills, all the work on being in phase. You want to be in phase. You want to be in phase. You want to you want to be in phase with that guy. Well, okay, I have to teach him what to do. Number one, when he's in phase, and then number two, if you're not in phase, this and this is the biggest thing where you avoid blocking the backs. If you're not in phase with that guy, turn around and look for somebody else coming at your face. Turn around, go back towards the line of scrimmage. Don't chase that guy. What are you going to do by chasing him? What's the only thing that's going to happen, coach? You know, he's going to get a block in the back and then it's going to wipe out whatever play. So teaching that guy when you're not in phase to put your foot in the ground and run back. And at first, the kids are not going to, they're, they're not going to like it. 
because it's something different from them. They're like, oh, I got to get, I got to get back to the hip. I got to get back to the hip. Well, no, it's my job as a coach to teach you, hey, you're out of phase here. You're never going to get back to that hip. If you are, you're going to be get a clip and we're going to lose 15 yards on this. And that's not what we want. So turn around, put your foot in the ground, get back towards the line of scrimmage and look for somebody else coming down that you can help clean up on. And then you avoid that nasty blindside block because you're coming back towards the line of scrimmage. And then obviously in that finish phase is you're coaching the finish of the return of catching the football where you finish on that block. But um, like I said, you know, it's just trying to keep it really general. So we're not going for a while, but I think if you, like I said, my philosophy is you need to win those, those two phases, those two phases, the attack phase and the engage phase. And if you do that, then you can be really successful on this unit. If you don't do that, if you lose at those two phases, I think it's going to be really hard to be successful. So that's where all the drill work needs to come in. That's where the heavy emphasis, but that's why I like breaking it down into the three, the big three, those three phases, because then you can specifically tell the guys, Hey, we're doing this drill for the attack phase. We're doing this instead of just going out there and, you know, okay. Yeah. We all, as coaches try to have creative names for our drills because it helps the kids remember what the drill is and you don't have to explain it every time, but now I have you locked in. We go out there. I say, all right, this is right on the practice schedule. It says attack and the name of the drill, you know, we're working the attack phase. Okay. It's engage in the name of the drill. You know what you're working. You, your mind is already working on that and you're breaking. It's just, you know, I take that from my teaching days and that was something that helped me be successful in the classroom. And it's something that I think is helping me so far being successful, you know, on the football field of, you know, really getting the guys minds locked into, Hey, this is the task at hand. This is where it fits in the big picture, that whole part, whole learning experience that, you know, you're is drilled into your head as a, as, as an educator. And now in bringing that to the football field. Well, that's great coach. And uh, thank you for that. Um, the last thing I have for you, um, and, and it's kind of, la- I, I kind of sent this ahead to you uh, or, uh, ahead of time. Um, again, I don't need anything drawn up. Um, but philosophically, and we'll, I'll, I'll go one out first. Philosophically, how do you think is the best way to attack like a shield punt? I mean, obviously, it's going to base a little bit off of their blocking scheme to an extent. And I, I know I'm trying to be overly gen- general right now. Um, but like when I've listened to a lot of people talk, punt block or even punt, uh, especially when it reverses the shield. Biggest worry from my understanding, and I could be completely wrong here, and this is where I could be ignorant, um, is that backside A gap. It's usually, like, that's where I hear a lot of their problems come from. It's usually it's to, like, that one one of the three shield sides, because obviously there's usually, like, a two and a one side, and they merge together. It's usually that gap in between the one and two shield or just off the hip of that one, off the, all that left, far left shield, typically from what my understanding is the problem. Is it, from your experience, is that necessarily the best way places to attack it, or is there another way I in your think, opinion? I think that's the biggest worry because that's the quickest spot, that's the quickest um, line from where you align to the block spot. I think if you're looking at it from 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 my standpoint, you're looking at a from the pump block return standpoint, you have to number one look at operation time. What is their operation time? Is it a lousy operation time? Is it a fast operation time? And that determines, okay, are we going pump block return or just pump block on this? And that determines how many blocks you're going to have available and so on and so forth. And then after you look at the operation time, my biggest thing is I'm going to look at personnel. 
Uh, where are they? Where is their best personnel on this unit? Right? Where where do they have potential to use this as an attack? Where is the potential for a fake? What personnel is deficient on this unit? And make my determinations from there. But I, I think you hear a lot about the A gap and the backside A, like you're saying, because that's the quickest spot to the ball. You know what I mean? As everything's moving, that's the quickest point. But that goes back to, hey, for me, we're in the two-point stances. A, like we said, because it makes those guys comfortable. But B, now I'm messing with their account system. Where, If they're counting in that shield system, okay, well, who's going to come? Who's not going to come? If I have 10, excuse me, 10 guys on that line of scrimmage, they're all right there, right? Who, who's part of the count now? Who's not part of the count? Who's in? Who's out? You're manipulating that count system. So... Like I said, I think it's uh, I think that's talked about often because it, it is that quickest line to the block spot. But uh, I think there's multiple ways to you know multiple ways to block a kick. My biggest thing is I, I want to number one, I'm looking at block. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at operation time. Number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna evaluate their personnel um, and then make the determination. Uh, you know, what what are we gonna be most successful this week? Do they have that good operation time? Okay, well, you check that box. Yes, they have a good operation time. We don't think we can get there. So why even inst why even go after, you know I mean? Send a all-out block, you know, determine their scheme, their operation time has to determine where you spend your time, I think. Um, but you also have that mentality of, hey, this is what we do and we're gonna be really good at it. And even if you have a really good operation time, you have your block and you think you think and you know you're going to get there based on you know what you do um so i had multiple ways to skin a cat you know i think i answered your question i hope i answered yeah. your question but I, I i really do think that it all has to start off with that operation time okay um but then i'm going to kind of move to pro punt because i see it like once a year but i've never heard anybody talking about attacking it and i know you're going to kind of give me the same answer operation time but if, if operation time is beneficial to where you think you can block it, what does your gut tell you when you hear pro punt and how to attack it? Uh, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I think you have to attack the edge okay. of the pro. Um, the guards and the tack, you know, the, the tackle and, and the wing essentially in that pro style punt. That's just where, where my gut's always been. I've always, you know, I'll look there and see, um, is there somewhere where I can get there? Um, you know, it surprises me at the NFL. You don't see more blocks at the NFL level. Just it's, it's been always my observation is, you know, I, I know their op times are really great. And that's why that kind of factors into, you know, what we want to focus on and, and my, my philosophy on it. But, um, it always surprises me because you'll see some some crazy stuff with the the blocking scheme as far as you know one guy's on this level another guy's on that level and i think the quickest way to block a kick versus a pro style is putting those guys on different levels yeah and like i, I i'm just getting, that's one part of the nfl guards, that has tackles a, and wings on a different level you have a really good shot of blocking it yeah i, I just that's part of the NFL that really to me has not changed. Like I mean, I understand the blocking schemes changed a little bit, but like there's been, like whereas college, I I can turn on a different college game every hour and they'll have a different punt scheme. Whereas the NFL, 
virtually all of them just still use some form of the pro style punt and it has not adapted at all. And I get a lot of it has to do with if, I mean, if you have a good snapper and punter, your operation time is going to be so good. You don't have to do anything. It's just the lack of creativity is a bad word, but the lack of change there just annoys me. I don't know. I don't, it goes back to our, our statement at the beginning, like just doing something because it's always been done that way is yeah. Just annoying. Like it's not a good way to do things. So, well, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, I think that was a good conversation on pump block return. Coach, I appreciate it. Um, again, if you want to get hold of Coach, his uh, contact information will be in the bio. Uh, his, vi- his video where he includes his drills and um, how he attacks with his pump block uh, return will be in the bio as well. Um, and, again, I, I appreciate it, Coach. Um, is there any, any kind of closing thoughts before we go that you want to kind of hit on or say? Yeah, I mean, I number one, I want to thank you again. I uh, I think this is like we said before. I think this is really great. Uh, you're getting people involved. Uh, yeah, the game of football, everybody steals something from everybody else. And you know, if if somebody can can listen to me talk on here and you know get in touch with me and, and get one thing from me, then I think this is successful. You know, being a young coach myself still and still you know lots to learn. Uh, I don't I don't pretend to have all the answers. I don't pretend to be a you know to be to be a genius. Um, I'm I'm constantly learning from other people. I'm constantly you know watching the videos that you put up and and listen to other coaches talk. So um, I hope I can give uh, somebody one little tidbit or, or something to learn from. And even the opportunity, don't feel free to reach out. If you're listening to this or, you know, checking this out, coach is going to put my contact information in the bio. Please, please feel free to reach out. Like I said, I'm, I'm always down for a conversation about football. And if I can learn something from you and you can learn something from me, then we got something out of it. So uh, really looking forward to it, but thank you again for putting this together. And, you know, I, I just think this is so, so important uh, in today's day and age. So we have, you know, with all this COVID, everything's been forced to kind of have these Zoom meetings and, and go online and to be able to have these opportunities to just sit around and, and talk about football and the game that we love and, you know, how different people teach it and, and what they do. I think that's really important. So really appreciate what you do and and just think it's you know, we, we, we are part of the greatest team sport in the world. I firmly believe that it's, uh, you know, different backgrounds, different socioeconomic status, guys on your team, just the wide range of people you deal with, the how it teaches you to deal with adversity. Uh, I, I really do believe this is the greatest team sport in the world. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, here at John Carroll and the uh, OAC, we're back at it in, in the spring, but until then, always, always willing to talk football. So feel free to reach out and coach. Thanks again. No problem, coach. I, I thank you again. Uh, real quick preview for the next two weeks. Uh, coach Sam Linson will be on uh, next week to talk uh, punting and punt technique. And then the following week we will have coach Joel Dirge back. Um, he's going to talk um, kind of being a high school head coach and implementing special teams and kind of some off season drills. Um, So that was another episode of the uh, Kick and Cover podcast. Thank you and see you next time.